Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We want to welcome you to the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room of AccessibleWorld.org. This is Robert Acosta speaking, the chair of the uh, Accessible World. And thanks to Walt Kramer, who reminds us it's uh, starting our 11th year. Our 10-year anniversary was May 6th uh, of Tech Talk. They said it would never last, maybe three months. What can you say about technology? And here we are, and we have some great speakers today. Tech Talk welcomes Greg Stilson uh, from Humanware, uh, Chris Grabowski from Mystic Access, and Kim Loftus from Mystic Access to discuss and demonstrate the new Braille Note Touch. During the 2016 CSUN conference, Humanware unveiled the world's first Google-certified Braille tablet as a successor to the very popular Braille Note Apex. The Braille Note Touch is so much more than a traditional note taker. Driven by the familiar Keysoft interface and accessibility, along with being completely controlled using Braille, the touch combines the traditional simplicity and efficiency of a note taker with the power and openness of a modern tablet. Join Humanware product manager Greg Stilson and his guests on May 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to learn more about the Braille Note Touch, its redesigned Keysoft apps, and the endless possibilities available to Braille Note Touch users. The future is so close, you can touch it. Ladies and gentlemen, to start us off, I'm going to unlock this and present our dear friend, Greg Stilson, back from his travels. We're glad he's home. He sounds great. Okay, let me do this, please. Menu pop actions. Menu at mute speak. Greg, you're on. Well, thank you, Bob. That's always such a great introduction, and uh, I, I really appreciate the invitation to come back on Tech Talk. Um, so with me, I have, uh, as, as Bob mentioned, I have Kim Loftus and Chris Grabowski from Mystic Access, and um, they're joining for a, a very important reason and a very special reason uh, that I'll introduce later on uh, in in the show here. Um, it, we've we've done a, a very significant partnership at Humanware. Um, those of you who have heard their tutorials, um, I heard a lot of discussion about SD cards. And uh, if you don't know how to use it uh, or don't know how to format an SD card, I got a tutorial that'll really help you <laughs> get along with that. So Chris and Kim have been uh, been known for their really um, in-depth and powerful tutorials on different pieces of technology, and uh, we'll, we'll get into what they're doing with the Braille Note Touch a little later. But um, this is, um, it's a really exciting time at HumanWare. Um, it's, it's a time that, you know, when you think about assistive technology in the past, it's always been assistive technology on one side of the spectrum and mainstream technology on the other side of the spectrum. And oftentimes they didn't play well together. You know, I remember being in the mid nineties trying to get jaws to work on a windows 95 computer and things like that and different applications. And most of the time it would just keep saying blank, 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 because it wasn't able to actually access any of the content. And now today we have this concept of universal design that allows us to use, as blind people, myself as a blind user of technology included, um, we get to use these out-of-the-box experiences. We get to use, we can buy a product off the shelf, and it has embedded assistive, some, some type of assistive technology inside of it. And whether that be a screen reader or different mechanisms to, to interact with the device, um, you have some type of accessibility inside these devices, and that's fantastic. That's what uni universal design is meant to do, is to allow these devices to be used or accessible by everybody. But there's sort of this growing gap between accessibility and efficiency. I'll give you an example. Myself, I'm a, I'm a, I use an iPhone as my own phone of choice, and one of the things that 
I really struggle with is inputting text. And I oftentimes resort to dictation to try to get these things done. And so I'll send a text message or an email using dictation. And oftentimes the result of that dictation is absolutely not what I intended to say. I'm sure I have, there's a lot of people on the line here that can agree with that and have, have experienced that. The, the other thing is that really the reason I'm resorting to dictation is because as the keyboard on, on the iPhone is, is technically accessible and or I've, any phone, and it, I'm just using the iPhone because that's what I use, but the touchscreen keyboard is technically accessible. I can technically run my finger on that keyboard and I can touch each individual letter and I can input them in. But it probably takes me a good... 30 seconds to one minute to write a sentence because I'm just not as fast as a sighted person being able to touch and tap the individual letters. And so when you look at, when, when we started this journey about two and a half, almost three years ago, we said, why, you know, as a company, we looked at, is there a need for a new note taker? Is there a need for another Braille note? Because that was a legitimate question at that time was, at this stage, with all the advancements in mainstream technology and universal design, which is fantastic, I always tell people as a blind guy myself, it's a, a, a wonderful time to be a blind technology user because we have more access to choice than we ever have had in the past. And I think that that in itself is such a valuable aspect that now we're not just stuck with using one screen reader or one device or one this or one that because that's all there is. We have these choices now of using different technology that may f uh, you know, suit our needs better than something else. And so when we looked at what we wanted to do with the Braille note, we said we really we, – we, we started asking around and we did some focus groups and we worked with teachers and students and Braille note users and non-Braille note users. We talked to a lot of users of our competition and said, you know, why did you switch to this or that? And those people who switched to another note taker device or sometimes even a, a Braille display and, and some other portable device, they all said the same thing. They said, man, we love Keysoft. It, it feels like home when we use Keysoft. We just need more from our device. And so we said, when we started talking to teachers and students, they said, we need the power and openness of a mainstream tablet, but we need it to be driven by Keysoft and all of the accessibility and efficiency. And that's really where the key was, is the efficiency tools that are available in Keysoft. And that's really what we set out to do with this project about three years ago. The project, for those of you who haven't heard, was actually called Project Phoenix. Um, and the reason we, we called it Project Phoenix is because the legend of the Phoenix technically says that for a Phoenix to come back as a more powerful entity, it needs to essentially die of sorts. And in, in not so many words, we, we had to kind of strip the Braille note down to its most basic of pieces. What makes Keysoft Keysoft? What makes the Braille note Braille note? So we broke it down to these individual bricks and built a new foundation of what a new modern style of note taker. And this is, as Bob said, this is so much more than a note taker. It really is a Braille tablet. And once we stripped it down, we said, okay, the only way that we can go into the future with a device like this and give people access to the information that they need every day. We need a partner from the mainstream to actually achieve that. And that's really where our partnership with Google started uh, about two and a half years ago or two years ago is, you know, many people ask, oh, well, why didn't you build the Braille No Touch on iOS? Well, for those of you who don't know, Apple is a closed ecosystem. The only devices that can use iOS or Apple operating systems are Apple devices. And so, we said, okay, what what other operating system has access to millions of applications out there? And Android was really the only other one that was available. And so when we spoke to the folks at Google, one of the things that, you know, Google has really received a bad rap over the past, I'd say, two years, three years, four years about accessibility. And one of the things that we saw with Google is, okay, maybe they – some people didn't take well to talk back or braille back for whatever reason. But what Google has done is they build 
accessibility APIs. And what these are are hooks that allow companies like Humanware to build in accessibility based on their mainstream specs or their mainstream requirements. And because of that, it allows us to build Keysoft on this device. And that's really what sets this apart from anything else out there, is that this is a device that abides by all of the rules, all of the requirements, in order to become a Google-certified device. And Humanware is the only assistive technology company. It's the only assistive technology device that is technically Google-certified. The Braille Note Touch is, we, we just actually had this confirmed today, that this is the only assistive technology device that is officially Google-certified. And um, in order to achieve that, we had to pass a series of tests that were almost 30,000 tests on the device. Because the reason why they do that is so that you don't open up an application from the Play Store and have it immediately crash or something like that. They, uh, they require their, their manufacturers of devices to abide by all of these tests so that the users of these applications um, have the best experience possible. And so they do not make any compromises. They don't make any exceptions for different companies and things like that because the reality is that if you download an app from the Play Store, it needs to work. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So um, the Braille Note Touch, for those of you who have not heard much about it, um, I'm going to describe it a little bit. Um, starting from the front edge, so you, you basically, if I were to look at the device, picture a Braille Note Apex, for example, you have a 18 or 32 cell braille display in front. You have touch cursors behind or the cursor router keys. And then behind that, where you would have had your physical keyboard, you have a glass touch screen or a glass surface. And that glass surface is about 10 inches wide. And it's, or it's about the width of a, a 10 inch touch screen, I should say. And along the front, you still have your signature thumb keys, but because most people couldn't tell me actually what the names or what the function of those signature thumb keys were, we decided to rename them. And so on the outer sides, on the left and the right outer edges, we have smaller thumb keys. And those are previous, because it navigates you to the previous item, or next, because it navigates you to the next item. And the two inner thumb keys are still your panning keys. And they're longer, and they allow you to pan your Braille display right or left, 32 or 18 cells. But now in the middle, you have three new buttons. You have a, one that's shaped like a left arrow, and that's your back button, which is the same as pressing space with E. You have a home button, which is a circle, and that's the same as pressing space in all six dots, takes you to the main menu. And you have a new square button, which is what we call the contextual menu option. And this is a menu that will appear in any application, uh, any Keysoft app especially, but some third-party apps as well. And what's really cool about the contextual menu, and I'll show you in a little bit of, I'll do a demo, is that the contextual menu is really a new partner to contextual help. If you ever forget a command or forget how to do something, all you need to do is hit that contextual menu button, and it will show you the list of functions that you can do in that application. But alongside those functions you'll actually see the keyboard shortcut. For example, in, um, in Keyword, if you want to save a document, you can press space with S, and it tells you that right in the contextual menu. So contextual help is still there, but contextual help, because we're dealing with so many third-party applications, it's a much more generic style of help, but contextual menu is really the new piece of help that's going to be there to really be your cheat sheet for those keyboard shortcuts. So if you forget how to do something, all you need to do is hit that contextual menu, and boom, it'll be right there. So if I move along the left edge of the device, you have a down arrow or a down volume button and an up volume button. You also have a button with an indentation. That's your lock-unlock button so to lock your screen or unlock, just like your phone or your tablet. There's a micro-USB connection in the back. You're behind that. That's for your, uh, for, for your charging or for your data transfer. And that's it on the left side. If I move to the back of the device, you have a host USB port. You have an SDHC slot that can take up to whatever SD card you want. As long as you got it formatted as FAT32, it'll take those SD cards just fine. And 
a new port, which is an HDMI port, allowing you to connect to televisions, uh, monitors, projectors. I've actually had this thing connected to a 85-inch television before, which <laughs> looks really cool. Um, and then on the right side, you have a microphone jack, a headphone jack, and a an action button. And the action button has a little bump on it. And the action button is used for many different things. It's used in the Victor Reader application for play stop. Um, it's used. It, it will be used in the camera application for uh, taking a picture because there is an 8-megapixel camera on the back of the device with two LEDs for flash, but eventually, once we uh, have, in, have some agreements with different companies and things like that, it'll be used for text optimization in an OCR, optical character recognition situation as well. There is a battery that'll give you 8 to 10 hours of battery life a day um, on, on the back, and... Um, for those of you who are concerned, because I said touchscreen, I know there's a lot of people who may not be, um, you know, may not like using touchscreens or may prefer not to. The Braille Note does come with a smart carrying case, um, and that smart carrying case is really what I call the bridge to using the touchscreen. Because people who have never used touchscreens or aren't familiar with it, um, you may want to go back and use the keyboard. And it sounds and feels just like an Apex keyboard. So what you do is you slide the Braille Note Touch into the smart carrying case, and it immediately recognizes that that keyboard is, is active. And that allows you to use the Braille Note Touch just as you always have ever used a Braille Note. Many of the same commands, same functionality, space dot one, space dot four to move back or forward, space with O for options menu, all those different commands. But where the power is and what really sets this device apart is that we can actually use the touchscreen for multiple different ways of accessing the device. So I can use the touchscreen in the same way that I use a touchscreen on a phone, a tablet, using my swipe and double tap gestures, things like that, to access different items. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the device on. And I will bring, bring the speech on. So. Speech on. Contacts. Key list. Landscape. And if I go to the main menu, so I'll jump to the top. top. Contacts. Key list. Now, what I'm going to do is on. just use my finger. So I'm going to run my finger down the screen. Contacts. Key list. Email. Key mail. Internet. Key web. And I could double tap on word processor. any of keyword. these items. So if I wanted to open word processor, I could double tap. Keyword menu. And it would Create. open the keyword menu. But that's not... Main menu. We all use this. I could use swipe right. Contacts. Or swipe left. Top. But we all know that, in general, the reason why we all use the Braille Note is because of the efficiency factor. So we created a technology that allows a blind person to use a touchscreen as or more efficiently as sighted people. So remember that these devices that have embedded technology for, for accessibility are meant to be efficient for the sighted user. So the phones, the tablets, the things that you buy and, you know, off the shelf, they're meant to be efficient for the sighted user. They're meant to be accessible for those who can't see. So, for example, I can touch the screen and I can hear what I'm touching, but in order for me to find an item, I either need to run my finger on the screen or I need to swipe right a whole bunch of times. I'm sure you, many of you have done that before where you're looking down a list trying to find something. You know what you're looking for, but the most efficient way for you to get down there is by swiping right a bunch of times. We know that the Braille Note Touch will be more efficient because we're going to be using Braille and Keysoft to navigate it. So I'm going to turn on Touch Braille now, which is the default mode for the touchscreen. So if I press my outer thumb keys together... Touch Braille on. Touch Braille is now on. And now what I can actually do is access any of this information, any of my main menu things, the same way that I've always accessed them. And the way that I do that is by laying 10 fingers on the screen. So I'm going to lay 10 fingers, and I'll get a quick vibration. And I'm going to press W for word processor. Word processor, keyword. And it jumps straight to word processor, and I'm able to instantly just press enter. Keyword menu, create. And go straight to keyword menu, and I'll land on the create option. Now, those, those of you who are longtime Braille Note users may recognize that when I press W, 
it didn't just go into the word processor and take me directly into keyword menu because on past Braille notes, you would be able to press W and it would go inside of the word processor immediately without you needing to activate it. That is a bit of a change. I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that not everything on this Braille note is the same as all past Braille notes. And the reason being is because we're now interacting with the outside world. The Braille note has always, it's done many things extremely, extremely well over its, over its years. But one of the things that it never has done very well is play well with the outside world. And the reason being is because the Braille note has really been its own entity. It's been, it's done what it needs to do really well, but what it doesn't or hasn't been, hasn't had the ability to do is use any off-the-shelf applications or any external apps that, that other people have developed. And that's really been a challenge over the years because humanware has been responsible to develop every aspect of the Braille note. And we're not that big of a company. <laughs> so what what we did with Google is partner with Google so that you have access to, if I go back to the main menu, main menu. I'm going to hit P. Planner, key plan. There's planner. I'm going to hit P again. Play store. There's the Google Play Store right on the main menu. And I can press enter on that. And I can open up the Google Play Store. Play store. And at this stage, games. you may say, well, okay, how do I actually access different items? Well, at this stage, I know what I'm looking for. So if I want to search for something, for example, I can press S. Show navigation drawer button. It says show navigation drawer because that's the first thing on the screen that starts with S. But if I press S again. Search button. I can press enter. Search Google Play edit box. And what you heard was a rising tone. You heard uh, some, yeah, I don't know if it, transferred well over the over the speaker but um, we this this is an example of something else that's that's new in the braille note touch and that is because we have first letter navigation in any application which is really powerful for third-party apps or keysoft apps we now have to tell the device when we're ready to start actually editing okay so I was using first letter navigation I was pressing s to go to different items but now that I went into search, I pressed enter on search because I wanted to activate it. I wanted to go inside the search box and actually start typing. So what I see on my display now is I see search Google Play and I see the Braille Note edit box brackets. So it looks like uh, an and and a y, essentially. Um, and that tells me that my cursor is between the, the edit brackets. So I see that on my display, my, my dot seven and eight cursor. And we could type in Angry Birds. Angry. And press Enter. Edit box. Back button. And at this stage, I can now go... Up Angry Birds. Star rating. 4.4. Free. At that stage, I could install Angry Birds from the Google Play Store. But this brings me to my next point, And that is that the apps that you use on the Braille Note Touch do have to be accessible applications. And what that means is that the developer of these apps had to have thought about accessibility. And there's thousands of accessible applications out there. What that means is that they've decided to uh, create button labels. They've, um, they, they don't just use pictures for different, um, different you know, items on the screen and things like that. They actually had to have thought about accessibility when they develop it. And Google has many accessibility guidelines for their app developers, and many app developers decide to do that. Unfortunately, Angry Birds, because it is a very graphical game, is not one of those accessible games. So that wouldn't, I, I could technically download it on my Braille Note Touch, but you would not be able to play it or, or, or access any of the content. But I do, um, you know, if you, if you want to talk to Rovio Studios and uh, try to get them to make Angry Birds accessible, I urge each and every one of you to do so. So, um, so that's, that's just an example of the power of being able to, to access the third-party app store or the, the Google Play Store in this case. Um, so what I'm going to do is jump to the main menu here. And I'm just going to do a quick demonstration. So I'm going to jump to the main menu. Main menu. Contacts. And I'm going to open up a word processor document. Word processor, keyword. Because keyword is going to be the place where most of you probably are going to spend your time because you need to create content. I, I talk to a lot of people that tell me that the Braille note is just like their pencil and paper, things like that. So I'm going to press enter. Keyword menu, create. And it lands right on create, and that's exactly what I want to do. So I could press C. 
Create. And I go right to create and press enter. Loading. Please wait three period. And Edit now box. I'm, End of document. I'm in a document at this stage. And I can type, just to give you an example of how quickly I can type. Hello. How is everyone? X deleted. Doing. Today. On. Tech. Talk. So at that stage, I was typing essentially as fast as I would type on a physical keyboard. But I'm doing that on a glass surface. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because when I lay 10 fingers on that screen, it's not only recognizing the positions of my fingers, but it's identifying individually which finger is which. So it's saying, this is my index finger, this is my middle finger, this is my ring finger. And it's assigning braille dots to those fingers. And the reason it's doing that is because it's actually tracking my fingers as I type. So one of the things that we do is we don't expect blind users to hit virtual targets on the screen. We just expect them to tell us or tell the device where their fingers are so that we can follow their fingers. Now, obviously, if I take my right hand and I put it where my left hand should be, it's not going to track it. But in most cases, if you're typing normally, most people drift left, right, up and down a little bit. It will track your fingers. And it does so very, very accurately. And I can tell you that Kim and Chris, I'll let them speak for themselves, but many of our beta testers have said that once you get past that learning curve, because first off, it just feels weird to type on glass at the beginning. When you, <laughs> when you first start, it just feels a little strange. Um, and at that stage, you got to get yourself past that weird feeling. But once you do, it's very natural. And, and one of the biggest benefits there is that you're able to type completely silently almost. I can type as silently as a sighted person writing with a pen and paper on a, on a glass surface. So that's what's really incredible about this device. I don't have to be the blind guy in the corner hammering on keys and a keyboard and things like that anymore. So um, I'm going to pause for questions here in a second. One of the things I do want to mention about uh, keyboard, I'm going to demonstrate the contextual menu function at, at this stage. So what I'm going to do is press the square button here because many people may say, well, how do I know how to do different uh, options in this? So if I activate the square button. Context menu. File functions. First option is file functions. Editing functions. Next one is editing functions. Format functions. And the next one is format functions. Now, if I, for example, wanted to center or write justify, I could go into format options here. Format functions. Alignment. And I could choose to, to set things to align. So I'll do alignment here. I'll activate alignment. Alignment. Align left, backspace with L. And you see that it says align left, backspace with L. If I press next. Align center. Enter with C. Enter with C is align center. Align right. Enter with R. Enter with R to align right. So that's right there telling you exactly how to do different items. But that's not really, that's not just where the formatting ends because the Braille note as the word processor was, was very good in the Braille note, one of the things that we got a lot of feedback on is that it couldn't do a lot of the more powerful format functions. And that's really one of the things that we looked to really improve with this device is how people could do some really advanced formattings and create some pretty advanced documents. Because one of the things that many blind users that we run into, and I, I see many, many, <laughs> many... Um, resumes every week about people wanting to work for humanware and things like that. And I will say that I can tell when somebody really struggles with formatting. And one of the things that myself as a blind user, um, I, I too struggled uh, with understanding layout of, of documents and things like that. And what, we're, what we tried to do with this product is really give you Braille representation of what a document looks like. So what I can do is actually... I'll go back here. Edit box. End of documents. So I'll go back into the context menu. Alternatively, I could press space with M, which I'll do now to go into the context, context menu. And I'll go to format, format functions. Fun format functions. Alignment. But I can also now... Paragraph style. Change my paragraph style. So I can actually make different, uh, different functions here. Style. Normal. So right now the style is set to normal. But I could actually change this if I activate it. Style. Normal. If I press next, you'll see all of the styles that I can change. Heading one. I can change it to a heading. Heading two. Heading three. Heading four. Heading five. Heading six. Default paragraph font. No list. Numbered list. I can change it to a numbered list. Alphabetical list. An alpha list. 
Roman numbered list. A Roman list. Bulleted list. Or a bulleted list at that stage. So these are many of the different functions that we've never had the capacity to be able to do in keyword. Um, and now with, with this functionality, I'm actually able to do a lot more formatting with this, uh, with this device. So if I actually executed this, it would go ahead and change that to a bulleted list or it would center it or create a header or whatever I chose to do. So keyword style. And in, alternatively, Edit box. And if I chose to do that, if I chose to create a header, what I would see in Braille if I, if I wanted to, and this is all customizable, I could choose to not show any of the formatting if I wanted to. But I would see a dollar sign H or an EDH1 telling me that it is a heading level one while I'm reading so that myself as a blind reader, Braille reader, I'd be able to instantly know what, you know, is this section important? Is it not important? That kind of thing. So, um, so that's really where we, we strive to kind of improve the functionality. The last thing I'll say before I pause for a few questions is that the one of the things we had with the Braille note in the past is that you were always writing in a very proprietary format. So many of you have used the KWB format, things like that. Well, that format was great for optimized for Braille, for, for the Braille note. But the problem was that no other devices ever used a KWB format. So you always, if you ever wanted to get that device or that, that document sent to somebody who cited, you'd have to convert that to be a Microsoft DOC file, for example, or something like that. The Braille Note Touch, one of the things that we, we really set out to do is give you the same Braille experience that you always have had, but make it that Braille experience in a mainstream document format. So right now, this document is immediately a Microsoft DOCX file. And... I have to do something to convert. I could do a save as to, to convert this to be a uh, DOC or an RTF if I needed to. But the reality is that the Braille experience, the Braille that I see on the screen or on the display and the Braille that, you know, all the formatting and things like that feels just like a Braille note. So there's really no, no difference in your experience with the Braille, with the contractions, with the, you always have contracted Braille everywhere in the system. Um, everywhere in the system but different boxes that we do require computer braille. So, for example, in certain cases, email addresses, phone numbers, things like that, that we want to make sure you're typing the exact symbol you mean, we will expect you to use computer braille in those cases. But even in third-party applications, for example, you'll be able to um, to type in contracted braille. So that's really powerful there. So I'm going to go ahead and pause and let Ron... Um, if, if we, I'm sure we have a few questions. I'm going to take maybe five minutes to answer just a few of those questions, and then I'm going to resume with a few more demos before I turn it over to Kim and Chris. Oh, my goodness. Humanware has done it again. This is just fantastic. My basic question, I'll start, and then we will get the other questions in. So if I'm using the touchscreen and I do L-O-O-K, I know how to make an L and Braille and an O, O, and a K. Then will I feel that Braille on the screen? I'm not clear on that part. I've never done this before. So what? What? it's not that you'll feel the Braille on the screen, Bob. Below the screen is your traditional, um, your traditional uh, Braille display that you've seen on Braille notes for many, many years. What you use the screen for is actually the process to input the Braille. And most people expect to get some type of feedback when you type in L-O-O-K. But the reality is that when I type in L-O-O-K, look, I'm not getting any physical feedback because I'm typing on a glass surface, but I trust that I know how to type in L-O-O-K. And you heard those clicks. We do have audio clicks that you can turn on or off if you want. Um, we also have a mode where you can have the device vibrate whenever you type a character. Um, that is another option. But the Braille just shows up on that Braille display down below, and you can check it with your finger just like you always have. Okay, thank you, Greg. All right, Ron, do we have any questions, please? Yeah, it looks like there's about eight questions, really. Uh, Jane is first. One more time, Jane. We're not hearing you. Hello, Greg. Um, this is Jane, and um, great to speak to you again. Um, it was great typing on the touch screen when um, 
I was using it for a short time. Uh, question for you is, where does all the um, created content go? So the Touch has an internal storage um, that is 16 gigabytes uh, by default, and you can put in, like I said, up to in whatever SD card you want to find. Alternatively, you can also put in a uh, USB uh, thumb drive of uh, pretty much any size that you want and save your documents there, but there is internal storage. Uh, we no longer call it the flash disk because many people were confused when we had flash disk and some people called the thumb drives flash drives. So all it says is internal storage, uh, USB drive, or SD card. So much more descriptive, but they all can be saved in your internal storage. That was better. The better it's an improvement. Okay, Ron, next question, please. Okay, uh, Maria asks, when navigating by first letter, can you type the first few letters quickly to more directly jump to an item as you can in Windows? rather than repeatedly press the first letter. For example, in Play Store, you press S twice to go to search. Could you have typed S-E or S-E-A quickly to directly jump to search? That's a great question. Um, so our f remember that this is really um, the first device of this type, and our goal with the launch version is to really put the foundation for um, the product for, for years to come. And the first letter navigation is something that's really never been available in a touchscreen device like this. And so we wanted to make sure we had it right for the first for the launch version, and then uh, we're going to start enhancing it going forward. Um, I do want to take a second to mention that, you know, with updates and things, um, they will be, of course, free updates, um, but you will also get them wirelessly. So that's what's really uh, cool about this device is you don't have to do any special formatting of SD cards or anything like that. Um, when you get a, an update, it will come wirelessly to your device. You'll get a notification that says that a system update's available. You can either press your cursor router key on that notification if you want, or alternatively, we have a new app in the device uh, called Key Updater that allows you to uh, either update your device, um, so when one's available, you'll be able to update it there if you don't click on that notification. Um, and also, Key Updater is actually responsible for your different uh, voice downloads as well. So many of you may have questions about, you know, the voice being a cappella and things like that. Um, we do have different voices on here that you could use from a cappella, but alternatively, the, this is really one of the first devices where you can download any voice you want from the Google Play Store and use it. So if you prefer eSpeak or if you prefer uh, Eloquence or whatever, you can go ahead and download, download those voices and use them with your Braille Note Touch. Wonderful. Ron, next question. Uh, Mike Hartwig is next. I have a question about the uh, Victor Reader app on the Braille Note Touch. Should I ask that now or should I ask that later? No, no, go ahead. I, I haven't gotten into it, but I don't think we're going to have time to go through every application, so go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Um, in the first-generation Victor Reader stream, which I understand is what the Victor Reader app on the Braille Note is based off of, you had to convert files, if they were doc files, into like an HTM or an HTML format. Do you have to do that on the Braille Note Touch, or can you just take a doc file that's in your... SD card from your second generation and go with it and it'll be fine. And also, great story on uh, Fox 47 out of Madison, Wisconsin. It was neat to hear about a bit on that market. <laughs> Thanks a lot. No, I, uh, I, I had not actually seen the uh, the story from the news. There was a, a, a local news thing that wanted to do a story on the Braille Note Touch, and they did it one day before I went to London, so I actually had no idea uh, that it had aired <laughs> a little while. So, um, Regarding the Victor Reader application, um, it does have the same functionality as the original Victor Reader. So you did not have uh, Microsoft DOCX support, but the reality is that because you have the different applications that you'd want to use on this device, Victor Reader wouldn't be the app that you'd want to use for doc files anyways. And the reason being is because Keyword gives you so much more formatting than Victor Reader. Remember, Victor Reader is simply a book reader, so it's optimized for somebody to, to just absorb content, absorb the, the, the content there. 
Um, but if you're if you're going to access DOCX or DOC Microsoft content, you'll want to do that in in keyword anyways, just because um, it's it's much more designed for uh, that that format. The cool thing with keyword is that if you just want to read some content, you can press space with X and turn on the read only mode so that you don't accidentally uh, edit those documents. Well, I like that. Okay, two more questions. Ron, next one, please. Uh, Carter is next. Hi. So some friends had told me that have actually been able to test the touch that Nemeth Braille input is not supported at this time just because of Android and changes with that stuff. I wanted to know if this is actually true. No, it's a great question. Um, it, it actually has nothing to do with Android. Um, it, it really has to do with, with converting from legacy Keysoft. And when I say legacy Keysoft, I mean what, what Keysoft was in the past on Windows CE and, and things like that. The reality is that this is not, to be completely transparent with all of you, there is not a single line of code from the legacy Keysoft. As I said before, what we did is we took bricks, um, basically concepts of what made Keysoft Keysoft, and brought it over to this new platform. And um, because of that, what we looked at was what Keysoft did well and what it didn't do that well. And um, Nemeth, as it did do Nemeth quite well in the respect of the Braille side of it, the print side does need some work. And so I can tell each and every one of you that we are hard at work on not just Nemeth, but math uh, input um, in general. And you will see that in an update. Our target is to be to be done with that uh, before the, the fall semester of school. And um, that's going to be our goal is to not only be able to input math Braille, but actually have it converted to uh, basically standard-looking math print for a sighted teacher to, uh, to be able to uh, grade your homework assignments and things like that. So, um, and at this point, um, I'm, I'm actually going to pause questions here because I, I do want to do a little bit more demo, um, and then we'll turn it over to questions here in the last uh, ten minutes or so. So, um, Chris, I don't know if you you have it locked. I hope you don't have to uh, keep holding the uh, the control key. If you want to pause and then do the lock, that's up to you. Speaking. I, I knew you did. Excellent. <laughs> so. Um, what I want to show now is a bit of the third-party integration with, uh, with, with this. So I showed Keyword, and I, one of the things I did, I'm not going to be able to show is every single application. Of just a couple highlights. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Keymail, KeyPlan, and uh, the, the uh, Contacts application or KeyList have all been rewritten. Um, and the cool thing about this is that we now have access to all of Android's functionality with regard to synchronization. And so uh, in the past, you had to be really particular about which email you used, what the settings were, all of those type of things. Um, you also had some issues connecting to the Internet and things like that. Um, I'm happy to say that th all of those things will be gone with the Braille Note Touch. Um, you basically can connect to any email account you want, so whether it's Gmail, uh, IMAP, a, a Microsoft Exchange account. I have my, my Humanware email account on here using Microsoft Exchange. Um, you can access all of the emails. Uh, you can send and receive emails. You can even send and receive meeting invites um, through your calendar if you want. Um, in addition, all of your contacts, your calendar, and your email will synchronize with that server so that it's exactly like uh, using a PC or a phone or something like that. You don't have to worry about making sure your CDB files are all backed up and things like that because they're all that's the beauty of moving into the 21st century is that everything now is in the cloud and that's uh, one thing I do want to mention is that this is a very connected device it's expecting that you're going to have an internet connection if you don't have an internet connection you can use it but its functionality is going to be uh, a little bit more limited in that um, but I can tell you that with the amount of content that you have and the amount of functionality you have you're going to want it to be connected to an internet connection um, because it, it just really enhances the experience. So um, a couple more highlights just to avoid some frustration that some of you have experienced. Uh, the file manager also has been rewritten. You do have a global search now, so you can search for a file name from anywhere in the system. Um, and in addition, uh, folders inside of folders are not nearly the struggle that they have been in the past. So when I go into the file manager, for example, I'll, I'll go back to main menu. Main menu. File manager. Key files. Air folder. At that point, you heard Air Folder. Android Folder. Books Folder. You're hearing that it's actually telling you that it's a folder. 
And the reason we do that is because that allows you to put folders inside of folders inside of folders inside of folders without having to do any type of special directory mode or, or uh, you know, DOS commands and backslashes and things like that. So um, the file manager is, is souped up quite a bit. Um, you are able to, to do quite a bit with that as well. Um, I want to go into a few third-party applications just to demo how it works. So the first one I'm going to do is is Bookshare. So I'm going to go to the main menu. Main menu. Now, I could, I could go to Bookshare.org and download it from the website, but Bookshare has a fantastic application called GoRead that really makes it a lot easier to, to access. So if I go to all, there's a new item on the main menu. It's the last item if I press A. All applications. It says all applications. And at this stage, if I press Enter, Main menu, all apps. Airbnb. And the first item is it says Airbnb, and that's Airbnb because I downloaded that application. But let me hit G. Gallery. I'll hit G again. Gmail. G again. Go read. There's Go Read, and Go Read is the Bookshare application. So if I press Enter. Alert open. Go Read Quick Start Bookshare. Okay, and now I'm in the Go Read Go Read Quick Start Bookshare. Top. Next section button. Bottom. And I'm just using Go my next thumb here. Open drawer menu button. And there's an option here that says Open Drawer Menu. So I'll press Enter on that. And I'll press Next. Bottom. Navigation Drawer. It says Navigation Drawer. My Books. My Books. Search Bookshare. Search Bookshare. Let's go ahead and do that. So I'll activate that. Next time I'll remember Bookshare that it menu. starts with S. Title Search. And we could do a title search. So I'll press Enter. Alert search by book title. Enter book title to be searched. For example, Moby Dick or Potter. Okay, cancel. Okay, and at this Space stage, data. let's search for uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic. Mr. And I just typed that on the glass. I'll press enter. Bookshare menu. Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. Quentin Blake. Okay, that's the book I'm looking for, so I'll activate it just by pressing enter. Alert fetching book details. Book details, book details. And I don't really care about reading the whole details here. I just know that I want to download it. So I'm going to hit D. Download, text only, button. I'm going to press enter. Alert download started. Book downloading, book three period button, disabled. Notification, book downloaded. At that stage, you heard how fast that happened. It says book downloaded, notification. I see on my display, I see N in parentheses telling me it's a notification. It says book downloaded. At this stage, I could listen to it in the Bookshare application, but because Bookshare really isn't optimized for Braille um, on, on Android, I'm going to use Victor Reader, because Victor Reader is. So if I press Main Menu with the Home button. Main Menu. Contacts. I'm going to press V for Victor Reader. Victor Reader. I'll press Enter. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. And you see that it instantly opens up at this stage, and I can press Space with G. Fantastic, Mr. Fox rolled down Quentin Blake. Notice. And it instantly loaded up. But if I press space with B, I could jump to my bookshelf. Now, many of you may say, well, how do I remember those, those commands? If I press the context menu. Context menu. Bookshelf menu. Space with B. And it says bookshelf menu. Space with B. So I could do that and activate it. Bookshelf menu. One. And I'll press next. Bottom. Space with B again. Bottom. And... Fantastic answer. Contacts. Let me get back in there. Victor Reader. See, this is why we loading three period. Bottom. Why we don't use beta software, ladies and gentlemen, when you're doing this. Main menu. <laughs> recent apps. So Victor. what I did there is I went into my recent applications, and that's another command space and lower F, um, or I could have pressed and held the square button, and I could actually clear. Victor Reader. The Victor Reader app, because the beauty of using Android is that we can save or have multiple apps open at one time. So now I'm multitasking here, and I can clear out the Victor clear Reader application, and I can go back to the main menu, menu and hit V again, Victor and Reader. we'll see if it loads up this time. Loading three, period. And it's definitely not. Please wait. So Bottom. there we go. So we'll get to main that menu. in a bit. Cont that was a less than adequate demo, but we'll move on. <laughs> so at this stage, I want to go, so, but you saw just how easy it was to actually download from the Bookshare application um, the, the book, and it would appear directly in the books folder. If I actually go to my file manager. File manager. Key files. Books folder. And if I press enter User, on the books Fantastic folder, underscore Mr. Underscore Fox folder. 
And there's fantastic Mr. Fantastic underscore. And I could, uh, you can see that it's been downloaded directly to my books folder. Um, Main menu. The last demo, 7:50 p.m. because we are running out of time, and I want to get to Kim and Chris here. Is a quick one. We'll see if it works. Um, so I'll go to all applications. All applications. Main menu. All apps. One of the apps that I use all the time is the MLB at bat app. So I'm going to hit A. At bat. And press enter. At bat. Audio. And we'll activate the audio channel. At bat. And at bat. Touch braille off. At this Brewers stage. at Marlins. Top six. I'm going to see how my Milwaukee Brewers are doing, and we'll see if this loads up. Touch Braille on. Tigers at National. Brewers at Marlins. Top six. Brewers at Marlins. Top six. Being another $50 to the MAC fund, courtesy of West Bend, the silver lining. All I'd right. So double for Ryan Brum. I'm not write that down just quite yet. My team is quite just gonna put poor, so at this stage, <laughs> I know that there's a stop button somewhere the on the screen. I'll hit S. Well. Stop button. And it says stop button. I'll press enter. Play button. And we see that notification. Chris Grabowski. At the at that stage, I just got a notification from Chris. Tech. Why if I say Chris phone? tell me? Let's see. Clear all notifications. Tech Talk 7 to 8, Facebook, 6, Chris Grabowski, Mill Zero, Chris Grabowski, 7.51 p.m., hello from the touch. Ah, so Chris, because we're not going to have time to demo it, he wanted to he wanted to jump in on the demo, and that is that Chris sent me a Hangouts message. And that's one of the really cool things about this device is many people say, oh, well, what happened to KeyChat? Well, we don't need KeyChat anymore. And the reason being is because we have Hangouts. And Hangouts is an extremely powerful Google chatting service that not only allows us to do text chatting, but if I wanted to do a voice chat, I could technically call Chris with the Braille Note Touch uh, on the on the phone. Well, I could call him on his touch, and we could talk from from his touch to, to my Braille Note. Or I could even make uh, there's a there's an app called Hangouts Dialer that allows me to actually um, call telephones. So I could use this device just like uh, a phone. Well, if I say clear all notifications, I'll clear my notifications there just to get rid of them. But that Main at menu. this stage, I think, is, is a good Humans. enough demo of the power of the device in a third-party situation. Um, there's so many applications you can use this device with. I just showed a couple of them. NLS Bard is on here as well. I can download the NLS Bard uh, application and read books in that. Um, it's it's very very powerful. So. At this stage, I'm going to turn it over, and the reason I'm, I, I asked Kim and Chris to join me is because I'm very excited to tell everyone that we, um, we partnered with Mystic Access. And one of the biggest reasons that we, we did so is because of the quality of the audio tutorials that they do. So Kim and Chris, if you haven't heard, have done a uh, fantastic tutorial on the Victor Reader stream um, Kim has a way of turning things into very elaborate descriptions, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> and Greg. That's a, I that's, think. A very, that's a very positive way of me telling you that she is, she is very thorough in her descriptions. And you will never have a question of how to use a device after listening to one of Kim's and Chris's uh, audio tutorials. And the reason we did this is because in every box on the Braille, of the Braille No Touch you will have a comprehensive audio tutorial on an SD card that you can pop directly into your touch and play in that Victor Reader app. And I promise it'll play. <laughs> so uh, in every box, you will have a, a SD card that will have the Mystic Access Braille Note Touch audio tutorial. And I'll, let, uh, I'll turn it over to Kim and Chris to talk a little bit about what's on that tutorial and, uh, and, and how it will look. Hey, yeah, we're very, very excited about the partnership with HumanWare and are just really, really pleased with how this is turning out. We will be finished with the recording of the tutorial later this week, so we are almost at the end of the recording stage of this thing, and it has been a pleasure and a really fun project to dive into. The tutorial, in a nutshell, is broken up into three parts. The first part is basically getting to know your Braille Note Touch, and there's all sorts of goodies in there from initial orientation to the first setup to explore by touch and touch Braille to typing on an external keyboard, one of your own that you may choose to plug into the USB port to a whole section over 50 minutes. For those of you who are like me and want to change all your sounds around and your speech around and get everything working just so, 
so that it will sound exactly like you want it to. You will have the option to do that. I walk you through, I think, every single sound option on the touch, which is a um, very um, interesting process because there's a lot of them, and they're in a lot of different places. So that was a great deal of fun to put together. So there's a ton of stuff all the way to a troubleshooting section, which I'm immensely proud of because it just turned out so great. There's a whole section on the context menu and contextual help and explaining the differences and showing how each works. Also, screen describer mode is in there. We didn't get to that, but that's in there as well. There's a whole section on Keysoft options versus Android settings versus the notification shade versus quick settings. So anything you essentially want to know about the touch, you can learn in part one, and that really gets you 90% of the way towards being able to operate your touch independently. So parts two and three just expand on that. Part two deals with all the Keysoft applications in very big detail in order to really get you familiar with them and teach you some commands that you will find interesting in all of them and relevant in all of them as well. The first section in part two discusses some slightly more advanced navigation um, so that you'll have that ability. And then part three deals with the Play Store and going in there, exploring, showing you how to install apps. And I take you through uh, half a dozen or so third-party apps so you get to play with those and find out a little bit about what you can do in terms of what you can download and what you can utilize in terms of the touch. But as Greg says, there are thousands and thousands of accessible apps available, and sometimes you just have to play with them. Sometimes it's trial and error in order to find out what works. So this is going to be, oh gosh, like I said, the recording is not quite finished yet, but it's definitely going to be close to uh, over eight hours in terms of the actual time that you're going to have in terms of the tutorial time duration. So we're very excited about it, thrilled to have had the opportunity, and it's been a lot of fun, and just being able to play with this device has been a real pleasure and something that I find myself enjoying, having owned a 16-year-old class which actually makes an appearance in the tutorial because there is a section for those of you who have an old Braille note on if you have a previous gen and you want to export that material for use on your touch, there's a whole section that shows you exactly how to do that in part one. So lots to share. We're very excited and just love the opportunity, and it's just been a great collaboration. We're very excited. And once the tutorial is complete and released to the masses and shipping on the SD card, as Greg said, it's going to be available for anybody to download for free from for free. our site as well as HumanWare's website. So it's 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 going to be an amazing... Uh, so if you think you want to check out more information on the touch, <laughs> it's a very good opportunity to do it because it's, it's very much anyone who knows any of the tutorials that we put together, the product really goes through, it, through its paces. Mine is beginning to protest its harsh treatment over the last couple weeks saying, please stop, please use me like a normal person. But it's, it's been great. It's, it's a lot of fun. We're very excited. And so one, one one thing I want to mention, and this was one of the reasons why why we wanted to have a tutorial on the device, and you know, Chris and Kim and I had, had this discussion early on. Is you know, I I remember using the the old Braille and Speak and the Braille Note Classic when they were first released, and one of the things that I remember using so fondly, and I think Kim and Chris do as well, is the the cassette tapes that came with each and every one of those devices. And I'm sure many of you who have used those uh, remember those very fondly as well. And we wanted to kind of bring back that experience where somebody, it's not just let's call tech support and figure out how to do this. No, let, let's put in and go to that chapter because I guarantee you Kim has gone through that in the <laughs> tutorial. So um, I, I once you get the Braille Note Touch, um, I do urge each and every one of you to listen to the audio tutorial or listen to it online. If you uh, if you don't have a touch and you're curious about it, listen to it online. Um, it's all available. We, we we wanted to make sure that our collaboration was, was such that everybody can take advantage of it and listen to the really high-quality stuff that Kim and Chris do. Um, I, I think you're all going to be really pleased with what, uh, what you hear. So... Um, and unfortunately, it looks like uh, we're running up to 9 o'clock here, so I think we're going to have to um, stop for questions a little bit. Um, but anything else before I before I release the mic, uh, Kim or Chris, you want to mention? 
Nothing I can think of. We're just uh, excited about the opportunity, and it's going to be fun. And as Greg said, please, if I actually did miss anything, let me know. (laughs) It will be rectified. (laughs) But you have a lot to listen to and a lot to enjoy, and certainly a lot to enjoy if you decide to invest in the touch. It's a great device. Well, I was sitting here listening. Of course, Kim and Chris do an outstanding job in their tutorials. I can vouch for it. I go to my, it's my Bible with the second generation stream because getting old as I am, I'll forget something and go right to it. And Kim shows you how to do it. It's great, and this will be great also. But I was kind of sitting there and saying, "Well, I'll never, I'll never learn this. It's too much." And I heard Major League Baseball. Oh, my goodness. You guys think of everything to get all of us here. This is terrific. On behalf of Accessible World and Tech Talk, I want to thank you three wonderful people. Greg Stilson, Kim Loftus, uh, uh, Chris Grabowski, for all of your dedication and your great work. And once again, Humanware, Mystic Access are way ahead of the curve. Thank you so much. And uh, if you want to give any contact information, I'm going to give you guys the last word here. So uh, I'll start. You can, of course, get us at, uh, at Humanware at www.humanware.com. Of course, uh, the phone number 800-722-3393. Um, and you can even learn more about the Braille Note Touch at our newest website, which is braillenotouch.com. Uh, I'll turn it over to Kim and Chris. They can give you their information. I did not know that site existed, Greg. That's cool. I'm going to go check that out. Awesome. Our contact info, if you want to reach us, is mysticaccess.com. You may send us email at info at mysticaccess.com. That will reach both Chris and myself. And if you want to give us a call, you may call us at any time, 716-543-3323. Thank you very much um, for having all of us, and let's move forward. Absolutely. Don't leave yet. What is the price of the Braille Note Touch? I think I've read it somewhere. And can we order now? So the price of the Touch is uh, the same as what the Apex was. So the 32 cell is 5495. The 18 cell is 3995. And we are offering significant trade-in values right away. Um, You can order now. We are shipping... um, in May is all I'm saying, and it's looking like it's going to be very soon. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're pushing. One of the things that we had to finish was um, some last-minute Google certification requirements. As I said, they don't let any product out the door without a full certification. So um, we want to make sure we do everything uh, by the book with Google, and so uh, we had to finish a couple last-minute things with them. Um, but it will be shipping very shortly. Um, but the trade-in options, uh, just to run through those very quickly, um, if you have a Braille note of any type whatsoever, we don't care if it's a Classic, an Empower, a PK, a, uh, an Apex, if it's a 32-cell Braille note, we'll give you $1,500 off the cost of the price. If it's an 18-cell device, we'll give you $800 off the cost of the price. We also have a competitive trade-in option, and that's... It, it has nothing to do with a note taker or anything like that. It's If you have a Braille device that, that is more than 20 cells, and this is all in U.S. dollars, by the way, and uh, this is what we're, we're publicly announcing, and then each, uh, each country has their own uh, thing. I can't, I'd recommend you contact any of your, um, uh, your, your local humanware office or dealer um, for that. But in U.S. dollars, the competitive trade-in, if it's more than 20 cells, we'll give you $1,000 off the price. And if it's 20 cells or less, we'll give you $500 off the cost of the price. That's a, it doesn't matter if it's a Braille note-taker or a display. It doesn't make a difference. Again, thank you so very much. This is so exciting. And, oh, my goodness. I think I'm going to make a real tough decision <laughs> down the road, but I've been with human where I remember the Braille and speak. Fred Gassoni's wonderful tapes even taught me to use the Braille and speak. It was wonderful. Uh, Joseph, did I hear correctly that you had an announcement to make, or were these old ears fooling me before we officially stopped the recording? Yes, I have an announcement to make. Um before I make the announcement, thank you very much, Swimmer, for your wonderful work with Bruno Touch and for continued dedication to Bruno Literacy, among other things. For the past eight years, 
I had a privilege observing the Bruno user community through Bruno users.info website, among other uh, variations. Started with the Bruno Wiki back in January 2008, and then we have moved on to the current Bruno users website in fall 2011. Uh, however, due to my new commitment and as a cost-saving measure, I would like to announce that. Bruno users that info website will be going to history. Uh, so the last time Bruno users website will be online will be May 31st, 2016. After that, uh, the Bruno users website, which I am the, currently the webmaster, will be moving to a different server to be resurrected. Uh, I hope that whoever will be taking over the Bruno user's website or the mirror of it will take good care of the website, especially now that Bruno is now based on a completely new and hopefully a much better operating system. So to repeat the announcement, the last time, the sunset date for Bruno users that info website will be May 31st, 2016. And again, I'd like to thank everyone on the Bruno users community Humorous staff for continuous support for Bruno and the Bruno users website. And whoever will be taking over the website, get mirrors and whatnot, I hope good luck. And I hope you have a wonderful time managing the website, especially now that we have Bruno Touch. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Joseph. Happy birthday, Tech Talk, your 10th uh, birthday. And we appreciate everybody. This room is yours. You can talk all night next week. Anna Dressner, and before her, for about 10 minutes, Sean Williams, who calls himself the technology wizard. And he's a good guy, though, and I'd like to give him a chance to be heard. Okay, thank you so much. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access Podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.